students are being dismissed, if you have your Bibles, you may begin turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll be reading verses 4 through 11. And the word says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person as a common gift. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. Let's pray. Father, as we now turn to the teaching of your Holy Word, be attentive, and that our hearts will be open to the receiving of your word. Father, we just read that a manifestation of your spirit is given to each person differently. We pray now that you will pour this same spirit over Brother Brad as he teaches us more about your word. I pray that we would have an understanding that only this spirit can produce. Bless us now, O Father, for it's all these things in your awesome and holy name. things that may not become immediately evident as you look at that passage and you hear it read is that we as Christians are never alone. You can never go anywhere where you're by yourself because the Holy Spirit has been given to you. The Holy Spirit of God has been given to us to encourage us, to teach us that we are God's children, to convict us of the judgment to come, to convict us of righteousness and of sin. We need to understand that we aren't alone ever because feeling isolated robs us of the joy that should be ours. And it robs us of our confidence that we have to act when we should act. We are, in fact, made to do good works. And if we do not do them, or if we feel that we are alone or that what we do doesn't matter, then we might be afraid to act. But if we understand that the Holy Spirit of God goes with us wherever we go, that however we act and whatever good we do, that he blesses us for the sake of Christ, then we will be emboldened to act. We do not work alone because our confidence is in the fact that our God is with us and blesses us. Even Jesus himself promised us, will you not? He would go with us to the end of the age. He told us it would be better for us for him to depart because he was going to send one to us who would never leave us. I don't want you to think ever that you are alone you're never alone the Lord is with you also as Paul warns us here don't want us to grow proud or disappointed when things don't go our way because it's not about us 
about the enrichment of others. We're given this gift to be an enrichment to others. And the purpose of this series, the purpose of talking about service and gifts, is not for me to help you figure out what the spiritual gift is. In fact, the more you read, I think, these spiritual gift lists that Paul writes in the Bible, the gifts are almost uh, secondary. He's like, some people are given this, some people are given that, some people are given this. His point is not for you to take that list and to stress about which one of these gifts is yours. No, the point is that Paul's saying God has given to everyone gifts. And this is what some of them look like. But the purpose is for not, not for us to stress over which one we have, but to understand that everyone has one. And the purpose of this is not for us to get locked up about how we're gifted, but to serve God with the confidence that the Spirit himself will work through us. The purpose is to convince you that as a child of God, you make a difference in the life of this church, you have an impact on the world that you cannot measure, and that you must serve. You must serve. You have a gift. Do not squander it. So the first thing I want to talk about in this passage is that the true spiritual gift that you've been given, each one of you, I said I wasn't going to tell you your spiritual gift, but now I'm going to tell you. There you go. There you go. I can say that. The true spiritual gift you've been given is God himself. God has been given to you as a gift. The Father gave to us his Son as a gift, did he not? We understand that, that as I said this morning from John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And when the Bible says there, and I, I like to clarify this all the time because we, we memorize, we know John 3.16, but when the Bible says that God so loved the world, what he means is this is how God loved the world, that he gave his son, the most valuable thing the Father had to give. Jesus is a greater treasure than all the universe, for everything was made through him and for him and by him. The gift that you've been given is God. Not only did God give to us graciously His only begotten Son, He also gives to us His Holy Spirit. The book of Ephesians teaches us that when we are believed, we are sealed with the Spirit, not just by the Spirit. And what I mean by that is this. If you say sealed by the Spirit, you might think that it means that the Spirit of God put like a little ribbon on us, that when I come back, I'm going to get this one. No, that's not what it means to be sealed with the Spirit. It means the Spirit Himself is the seal. That God knows we are His because we have the Spirit of God living in us. He goes with us and He works through us. Your spiritual gift is God. So you don't have to worry about so much whether you're a prophet or a teacher or uh, someone who's been given the gift of mercy or how am I going to, okay, maybe I do have the gift of mercy. How am I going to put this into action? Which ministry should I join? No, the gift you have been given is the Spirit of God Himself. And the reason that you've been given the gift of the Spirit of God himself is that the Lord God is going to use you to change people. He's going to use you to change people, to encourage people, to convict people, and the world will be a different and better place because of you. The Spirit of God is a gift given to you, and you are a gift given to the church and to the world. It's not only for us. The gift of the Holy Spirit the work of the Holy Spirit through you and through the church is making a difference this morning in every place in the world. There's not a single place that's not affected 
by the gospel of Christ. You are integral to the building of the kingdom of God, to sharing the love of Christ everywhere. Sometimes when we talk about building the kingdom of God, we don't think about what that means. It means sharing the love of Jesus, bringing righteousness and holiness and the beauty of the love of God in Christ to everyone, everywhere. That's what it means to build the kingdom. And it is to call the wicked. Listen, church, there are wicked people who need Jesus. And our job is to stand on this side of the line, like Moses when he was with the children of Israel, drew the line in the sand, and to call them. Say, the king is offering amnesty if you would stop your wickedness, repent of it, and and believe in him and trust him as your Lord. The greatest sinner can be saved this morning by the grace of God, and that is our privilege to have. And God does not take a single child whom he does not have. You are his. If you look through the hall of faith that we talk about in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 12, and it talks about by faith they did this, by faith they did this, by faith they did this. And it talks about then that some of them went about in caves and were persecuted by the sword and lost everything they had. And what does it say to describe those things? Of whom the world was not worthy whom the world was not worthy. The children of God are a gift to the world. And the world is not worthy of it. Not What it means is those who are opposed to God, who hate truth and righteousness and goodness. The world is not worthy of that gift. And yet, our Father gives that gift. The gifts and service we render are gifts and services from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says here that There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. Listen to this. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. The Spirit of God is made manifest through you when you work for the sake of Christ and to share His love and His joy to others and to the world. God is seen in you. You are wondering what your spiritual gift is. I have told you definitively that it is the Holy Spirit. And here is the other mind-blowing thing. When you begin to work in the love and in the power of the Holy Spirit, people may not know or understand what they are seeing, but what they are seeing and tasting is God. Not that you're God. But through you, people see the love of God because the Spirit of God prompts us to do things, to do love, to do mercy, and to change in ways that only love by the Spirit can do. And if we do not bear this witness to the world, we fail in our gospel commission. We're not giving good news. We are called to love. We need to be engaged and do the work of ministry, not because it's drudgery, but because we have the absolute understanding and firm faith that when we work and we walk in love, we will inevitably change others. That even if to our face they reject us and walk off, they can never, ever again say that they had not met love, that they had not seen the work of the Spirit. And in the great day of judgment, the Lord will show us and everyone else all the contact we had with God through the kindnesses and love of Christians who set aside self to serve others. The true spiritual gift is God. If you go out of here and you start talking to people about spiritual gifts, we're messed up on this 
point of doctrine. People will start talking about gifts like speaking in tongues, unknown languages. They'll talk about prophecy or teaching or am I called to the pastorate? Am I called to preaching? They'll be talking about all these things, but no one put the emphasis, I think, where it goes. Not me. It's on God. He's being given God. Now go serve. And God goes with you. Everywhere you go, he goes with you. Everything you do, he works through you. You don't have to be uptight about which gift you've been given. And you don't have to worry that God has overlooked you somehow and that you've got to do something in order to receive a gift. Let me say this really quickly before I move on. Almighty God, the Father of the heavens, who made everything by his word. Everything's made by him. The stars stay in place because of him. The world spins because of him. We breathe because of him. He has given to us Jesus free of grace. He has given to us salvation forever. We can be with him in heaven. We will sit on his throne. And I don't say that to get us all excited that we're going to be rulers. What I mean is there's no place that's off limits for us. He loves us that much. Come here, son. Come here, daughter. Sit on the throne. Come into the throne room. Come right up here to me. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you with all of my heart. That is the message of the gospel. Do you think, listen to me, do you think that God has given us Jesus, life, breath to breathe, the gift of repentance, the gift of seeing our wickedness, the gift of walking us through it and changing us day by day is then going to withhold from you some gift like tongues. <laughs> I've given you Jesus. I've given you the throne. I've given you heaven. You will be seated with me. You'll walk on streets of gold. Gold's not going to be nothing in heaven. The streets are made out of it. Look, there, he's given you all these things. Why would he withhold from you anything that you needed to serve others? It's unthinkable. It makes no sense. It's all of grace, not of works. And it's all of his will. Because he's molding you and making you special. Every single one of us are different. And every single one of us have a part to play. And every single one of us, God is proud of the part we have to play. Because, first of all, he wrote it for us. So be brave. Be courageous. Be loving. Serve the Lord. He is our gift. Second, notice here that Paul says that our spiritual gifts are for the common good. Verse 7 says, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. As I said before, as you begin to work and you begin to love and you begin to help others and as you begin to have mercy on others, as you begin to correct wickedness, whatever it is that you do in love, people see that. You were given as a gift not only to this church but to the world for the common good. Not just inside the church, but outside of it. What does that mean? Well, we are the people who claim to have God, right? God lives in us, and God is holy, God is just, God is good. We ought to know right from wrong. We ought to know dark from light. And when we know that, we ought to say something about it. And that has ramifications inside the church. Of course, we need to tell people about the love of Christ that's in them. But when we are walking down the road, you're walking down the road. Long and winding roads of Jerusalem. You come upon a man who's half dead, beaten on the side of the road. If you cannot figure out what the right thing to do is, you are not of Christ. The Samaritan knows, do we? Help him, bind up his wounds, take him to the inn, and whatever expense he incurs, 
while I'm away, in church while I'm away, I'll pay it when I get back. We are given gifts for the common good. Brothers and sisters, I worry that sometimes we're so selfish to protect our own that we can't help others with the very basics that they need. As if somehow giving someone a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus is not kingdom work. But it is not. We are given these gifts to help the common good. It, even in our worship. Sometimes I believe we promote an unhealthy idea of worship because our culture, we are bombarded with things from our culture which we cannot get out of. We are bombarded with consumerism, which is every single marketing agency in this world is they've made it their job, and these people are brilliant. Their job is to make you feel discontent with what you have. And so that begins to affect our minds. Everything is about us. Everything is about what I need. Everything is about what I want. And that even goes into our worship. How does it go into our worship? We think about worship as a private thing. It is a private thing. But it's a corporate thing. And your spiritual gift of service and means into worship as well. It's unhealthy to think that worship is only in private. Think about this. You think it doesn't infiltrate our culture and in our churches? What do we do in church? Or not we, but lots of churches. We turn the lights down on you. We turn the lights up up here. We turn the sound up up here. We can't hear you out there. So everybody can close their eyes and have their own worship personal worship experience maybe we should turn the lights up and turn our volume up out here and serve one another with common good which is found in our worship of God that's what we're supposed to do it's just one gift one area we've got to stop thinking that I don't want to sing because I'm going to be embarrassed or I, I just don't do singing I just don't do praying I don't do telling people about Jesus that's not an option Give encouragement. Every bad singer in here is. Every good one is too. I've said this many times. Your gift of bad singing is on purpose if you're a bad singer. And God has given you that gift of bad singing so that the person who sings well next to you will sing louder. That's why. So we all make this glorious noise unto the Lord. I got to do something. They'll sing louder. Do it. Corporate worship, public use of our gift is what we're made for because we can both privately and publicly worship at the same time. You can be an encouragement to others. And I want to be careful here. Remember, we said that all our, good, all our gifts, all our life, everything we've been given, our very lives are gifts for the common good of others. And so we hear a lot of talk about people being burned out. Listen to me very carefully. I know you guys uh, have some mental health and Take care of yourselves, stuff like that. And I might fire you up with this. I'm fine with that. It's true, people can be burned out by discouragement. You can get burned out because you're discouraged. You work for the Lord. You work, and you don't see much fruit or any fruit. You can't, at least you can't see it. And so you become discouraged. I understand that. So we call that burnout. But look, if burnout is just, hey, 
listen to me. If burnout is, look, is this, hey, I'm just tired of serving because I've served my time and it's somebody else's turn to do this job, that's not burnout. That's wickedness. We don't get to take the day off in the sense that, well, I just don't want to do it anymore because I want to spend my time doing other stuff that I want to do. What about Jesus? What if he'd have took the day off or when he decided he had done enough? Or Paul, my goodness, if anybody needed a vacation in the Bible, it was Paul. The dude got beat up everywhere he went. People rioted everywhere he went. He got thrown in jail. He was stoned to death, woke back up. Let, let, go and read in the book of Acts. I just thought of it. So Paul is preaching. They take him outside the city and stone him and think he's dead. And the Christians come to get his body, and they're standing over him mourning, and he wakes up. <laughs> and he gets up, and he goes back in the city, and he starts preaching again. And we're like, I don't, I don't want to volunteer for no kid stuff on Wednesday night because I got stuff I got to do at the house. That seems wrong to me. We serve with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength until the day we die, and then we can quit. Again, like I'm, I, what I'm saying is not that people don't need breaks or we don't need to make space in ministry for others to come along and serve and that there's not chapters in our life where we serve in this area of ministry and God moves us to another area of ministry. The thing that I'm talking about is just quitting because we don't want to do it no more. That's not life. We can't do that because your gift is given to be a blessing to others. I, we all get tired of stuff. Look, have you ever gotten tired of your job? <laughs> Nobody in here ever has gotten tired of their job. Even if you like your job, you get tired of it. Everybody does it. I, I, so if you didn't know this, let me get this out here so everybody does. Everybody gets sick of their job. You go and you drag yourself in there on Monday and you're tired of it. And you're like, I've got this meeting at 9 o'clock and it's going to be awful. It's going to be two and a half hours of PowerPoint. And everybody knows what this guy's going to say, but he's going to be talking, and it's going to be terrible. Everybody has that, every single person. I'll, I'll just go and be uh, even more honest. We not only get tired of our job, we get aggravated with our kids. You get aggravated with your spouse. You get aggravated with your own self. Every single thing that you do in your life, if you try to do it, you're going to get aggravated. You get aggravated with your cable and Internet provider. How do I know this? Because we have 50. My wife, I, I don't mean to call you out, but we sit there and it's like, what do we want to do? Hulu, we want to do Sling, we do on YouTube, what are we doing? Why are we even watching TV? I mean, this is like what we do. I can't tell you. Uh, go on Facebook today. Somebody's complaining about Charter. We get tired of everything. So don't be surprised if you get tired of teaching Sunday school. Don't be surprised if you get tired of whatever your ministry is. You get we get tired of everything. It's hard. That's why Jesus always used farming metaphors. That's why nobody knows how hard work is in church anymore because nobody farms. When Jesus said, "When you lay your hand to the plow, if you look back, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God," none of us know how hard it is to plow again. 
I watched it on YouTube just to see, and it looked really hard. You're going to get tired of your row, your hoeing. Farmer's metaphor. You're going to get sick of it. Weeds are going to grow up where you're trying to farm corn. They'll choke it out. You have to be diligent every day. You get tired of it. Jesus said through Paul, do not grow weary in doing good, for if we do not grow weary in due time, we will reap a bountiful harvest. The psalm says it like this, Little House on the Prairie. This is way dated, like it was made with you. The, the only song apparently the church at Little House on the Prairie knew was bringing in the sheep. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, bringing in the sheep. They sang it every Sunday. What does that mean? They were coming into the harvest. They worked hard for it. This is what we do. You're going to get tired of it, but don't give up because the Spirit of God is working through you for the common good of others. And if you quit, the book of Proverbs says, he who quits in the day of difficulty, how small is his strength. Jesus said to lay the hand of the plow. You look back, you're not where your king is going. Keep plowing. Keep working. I guarantee you, we're, we're not allowed to quit. We're not allowed to quit on our family. We're not allowed to quit on our kids. We're not allowed to quit on our church. We're not allowed to quit on the kingdom. You are, however, allowed to quit on your internet provider. You can quit them. That was just an example. But here's the thing. Okay, here's a, this will be a good illustration. You might quit your internet provider, but you ain't quitting your internet. Stay with the path. Remember who you're in it for. You're in it for others, and you're in it for your Lord. Don't disconnect with him from him because of the trials and difficulties you have in the job you do. And don't think that the job you do doesn't matter because it absolutely 100% does. You got a greeter at the church, you miss them when they're gone. Every single thing we do is important. And the Lord works through it for the common good of the church and for the common good of all. The Bible says here finally that the Holy Spirit gives gifts as He wills. Verse 11 of chapter 12. One in the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as He wills. God does as He wills. The good news on that is this. It's not up to you to run out there and get this great gift or whatever it is you think is on your mind. The Lord has already given to you from the time you were, before you were born, when you were in the womb, just like Jeremiah, he formed you for a task and a purpose and you will do it. There's not a human being who doesn't change life. I mean that. Even your child who's stillborn changes life forever when you become present. They've never done a single work and they change life forever. Beautiful gift. Gift that's worth doing. You have no idea what you've done for others and just being you. You're a gift We've had years of impact has been tremendous, but much of our work is hidden from us at this time. And the Lord has kept us for it and all this. These gifts are given as God wills, and you are already given a gift, so you don't have to run around worrying about which one you've gotten. You are a gift, and God will use you 
As you follow him, you love him, and as you want others to love him, you will be changed and others will be changed through you. And like I said, God gives the gift. We don't have to covet things that don't belong to us. My entire life, I wanted God to make me a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. But he gave that gift to lots of other people, but not to me. I'm very happy for them. It's not the gift I was given. So don't worry about somebody else's gift or how they serve. You think it's more important than yours? No, it's not. You be faithful to what the Lord has given you, and he will make you master of much. The Lord gives you gifts. The Lord has prepared you from the beginning of the world. Your life is important. Your life is meaningful. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He is changing people through you. You are an integral part, not only of your family, not only of this church, but also of the world. And I truly believe that individual lives have ripple effects that go out all over the world that we, are, we don't even perceive or know. We don't understand how our effect on this person changed their mind about one thing, our act of kindness, our witness to them changed their mind on something. And so they go and teach someone else the thing that we taught them and they teach someone else the thing that we taught them and the thing you don't realize is that that goes everywhere on earth you have no idea how far your kindness has traveled you have no idea how far your love has traveled and the more you invest the further it will go because it is not about your strength but about the strength of the one who loves you made you cared for I want you to think just for a minute about some random act of encouragement someone gave you. Can you think of any time that someone encouraged you? It meant a lot to you in that moment. You've never forgotten it. I want to tell you something. The person who encouraged you probably forgot it. They don't realize what an impact their words and their help made. And you can be that person for others. And you probably have been, but you just don't know it. Don't quit. You are a gift. If you have never known the love of Christ before, it is my prayer that through this sermon and today's worship that you've gotten a taste of Lord loves you. We are sinners. We have done bad things, sinful things, and we have used our gifts to hurt others and to enrich ourselves. But the Lord is soon willing, ever ready, to forgive us all our trespasses and all our sins. And this morning, with grace, we extend you once again to you and to me. Come to Christ. Even if you've been in Christ for 20 years, come home again. Love him with all your heart. May his spirit be with you energized and used to serve.